Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. don't feel like I'm in center. So I will probably end up over here. That's what I've been doing all services, but it's fine. Well, happy Mother's Day. You mothers look extra beautiful today. Just elbow bump a mom and be like, you look look extra beautiful today. You're glowing and stuff. It's probably because it's really hot in here, but that's fine. It's fine. We're glistening. It's glitter, right? Um, hopefully some of you that have really young kids um, that are starting to write, maybe you got a few notes this morning, like happy Mother's Day and everything's you know not, not spelled right. That's like my favorite. <laughs> and when they add ex- extra vowels or extra words in there, or maybe they meant to say something else, but they accidentally said something wrong. Um, I actually have a few of those that I want to share with you because I just think they're so cute and it's just... It's Mother's Day after all. Um, Our first one is going to say, you're the beast mom ever. I I mean, maybe maybe he means this, you guys. (laughs) Or she. You never know. You don't know what this poor child is going through right now. No, he he meant best mom, right? That's, That's a good one. It's cute. I feel like, yeah, my kids probably did that. Um, the next one, dear mom, my lunch tasted horrible for some reason. <laughs> oh, I may have gotten that one also, time or two. <laughs> you pack their lunch and you send them off to school and they've seen the other kids' lunches and they're like, my lunch is terrible. It's way too healthy. Yeah, that's, that's definitely happened to me. The next one, dear mom, thank you so much for being my mom. If I had a different mom, I would punch her in her face and go find you. <laughs> this is love, Brooke. Uh, I don't know about Brooke, but I actually, this is exactly how I talked to my mom. <laughs> I was so aggressive. I don't know what was wrong with me. The last one is, thank you, mom, for making food so I don't die. <laughs> we just want to say thank you, moms, for making us food and so we're not dying around here, you know? Thank you. Yeah, you can clap for your mom. That's good. I hope you got your gift on the way in. Um, Today, we just want to honor all of you. Uh, I've been sitting with this message for a little bit, and I was trying so hard to be all-inclusive because that's always in my heart, but I really feel like today is for mamas. And so bear with us, the rest of you who do not call yourselves moms or identify as a mom. Um, This is not that church. Um, Anyways, uh, but if you just can sit back and really receive this word, and if you feel like it's for you and you're not a mom today, more power to you. It's a good one. Um, Okay, so motherhood to me, 
<laughs> feels like I'm either running an asylum or a part of asylum. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I realize like there's much more women in this insane asylums than there are men. And I think I know when they started. It's like motherhood. They just kept on carrying on and no one interrupted their life and was like, hey, you're going a little insane. You need to calm it down, right? <laughs> Here's my message to you. Calm it down. I'm going to tell you how not to be insane, right? You guys with me? Yeah, you guys are sleepy or something. Um, speaking of my kids and my uh, asylum, <laughs> here is my beautiful three children. Um, I, I just feel really privileged to be their mom. I don't know about you, but when I first realized that I was pregnant, I definitely, first of all, had a minor heart attack. And then I was like, oh my goodness, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I thought of all my life, right? Um, and then now, you know, many years later, I'm like, it's, that's what I was called to? No, just kidding. Um, Hollister, he's our oldest. He's in the white cap right there, and he's 15 years old. He is an entrepreneur, and he is just headstrong in all the best ways. Sterling, our middle child, um, she's a girl, uh, for all of you who are going to call her a boy because her name is always used for boys. And we always get, oh, is he, is he 13? No, she. She is 13 years old. And she is a bookworm, and she's super smart, and she's a little too quick, if you know what I mean. A little too quick. She picks up on things, and she says things that are wittier than I can get past. Yeah. Um, and then Hudson is our youngest, and he may get a little too much attention, but that's only because we're really tired, and we just kind of gave up. And he, he's fine. He'll make it. He'll be fine. Right? That's that third child syndrome where you're like, oh, their past fur falls on the ground. Yeah, just dig it out. You, you just spit on it. You're going to be good. It's fine. You'll be great. Um, when the first one, you're like rinsing it, making sure that it's sanitized. And maybe you brought a backup because you already knew he was going to chuck it in the grocery store. So you brought a backup. Yeah. That's the first one. All three of my kids are very headstrong. And it might have to do with something like our motto in our household is Yadens never give up. And I'm like, maybe we should have reiterated and was like, Yadens do give up on lies. They do give up on arguing. Like, we can do that, you know. Um, but all three of them are headstrong, and they do come by it, honestly. Um, uh, they are all growing, not just in height. I don't know if you've seen Hollister lately, but he is extremely tall. We don't know where he's going, you know. He just keeps going, and so we don't know where that's going to end. Um, we have tall people on both of our sides, and I'm like, cool. Let's see when this ends. I don't know. He's not even 16. Pray for us. Um, <laughs> they are pretty normal, though. They argue. They fight. They cry. We laugh a lot. We try and make sure that there's a lot of laughter in our home, a lot of joy. And um, I don't want to ignore some emotions that maybe some of you walked in with. When it comes to Mother's Day, maybe there's a trigger there. And maybe um, you walked in and you're, you have lost mom. Or maybe there's just loss within just motherhood. Or maybe you've come in and you are just highly stressed constantly. And you don't know how to pray prayers for your teenagers or, or young adults or maybe your little ones. Or maybe your children are grown and they don't serve the Lord. And there's, you know, that space right there. That space doesn't feel too good. So I just want to sit right in that space and, 
and hopefully give you some encouragement in that area. Um, we all go through stress. Um, Paul uh, wrote to a congregation a lot like you guys, and he was in the middle of stress. He's not a mom, but he wrote what you do with stress. Um, this week, as I was preparing this message, I was in a different space, a different headspace. I definitely was dealing with some stress, some anxiety, and um, not over the message. It was just some environmental things. And, and I just kept on, Lord, I don't feel connected to this message. I just don't feel like this is something that I can actually provide for people and be your spokeswoman today. And I felt like he just was like, this is right where you're at. Like, speak from that. Speak right where you're at in that anxiousness and in, in all of that, um, that space where your thinking has to change. Um, the day I became a mom, I don't know about any of you moms, but I became a clean freak. That was that one day, by the way. No. Um, and then I became a taxi. Now, more than ever. Uh, a chef, all of a sudden, I had to figure out how to whip up things that I didn't normally whip up, you know, and extra. And more, more now, like lots, like the whole fridge. Um, and it's been hard, sometimes stressful, but there's, there is joy that comes alongside of that. And while the Apostle Paul was not a mama, I'm going to speak from where he was talking to a church, and he is relaying how to get your thinking different, okay? So in Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And it's more like, I'll say it again, rejoice, right? It's an exclamation. And I think he's repeating it because he's not saying, hey, I, um, I want you to rejoice when it's, you know, a birthday, right? It's not common language that we're using right now. I'm not going to say, hey, come rejoice with me for my 40th. Not at all. <laughs> like, come celebrate, right? And so right there, he's saying celebrate always in the Lord. Like, know what he's done. Rejoice means to feel or show great joy or delight. And maybe you're asking, like, how do I rejoice always? Like, that sounds like a lot of work, especially after these three past years have been extremely stressful for most of our nation. And I mean, we're about to talk about when your mind shifts and when you start thinking differently, how that all changes. There's evil watched, read, talked about. It's really easy to talk about it with people. It's really easy to think the world is like caving in on itself and that there's evil leaders, there's evil people that are in charge. And I want to say, he's saying rejoice always. Rejoice always, but in the Lord. Rejoice is founded in joy. And joy is founded in God alone. And once you have that foundation, all of a sudden joy starts spewing out, right? We know who God is, who our leader in life is, right? We know who the boss of our life is. And then it says, again, I say rejoice. I don't know if you're like me, but I do text with lots of exclamations. I think that they're excitement. I don't think that they're yelling, <laughs> although it might be. But every once in a while, I'm like, I need to check that. Did I mean to yell at that? Yeah, 
Yeah, probably. Um, but to me, it's exciting, you know? And so when I read this, I'm thinking, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And I think that comes with that feeling right there, right? A lot of joy. This is no regular rejoicing. It's always because it's in him. And that's where that rejoicing will come. In verse five, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. How many of you struggle with gentleness? You can totally be honest. I am. I struggle with being gentle. I'm, like I said, I'm an excited person and I'm extreme. <laughs> Everything has to be a little extra, right? Anybody else with me? Am I the only one in this room? Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, at the age of five, I thought this is going to be a really good mothering moment. Remember, our firstborn is our testing ground, okay? <laughs> when Hollister was five years old, I thought, you know what? I'm really going to save my boy. And I'm going to show him exactly what Jesus went through. I'm going to be the best Sunday school teacher to him. <laughs> I'm going to show him. Does anybody remember the Passion of the Christ? Yeah. Um, I decided to YouTube just the crucifixion and <laughs> nothing else that he did. No miracles. I thought, well, he knows about the miracles, I think, because in Sunday school, they talk about it all the time. But they never talk about the crucifixion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him. And so I let him watch. And if you remember, up until that point, that movie depicted Jesus <laughs> gruesomely. In, that, in those scenes. I mean, like, it, it was up until that point, that was the most gruesome I've ever seen. And so he watched him be whipped. And there was blood everywhere. And there was cat of nine tails. And there was people spitting at him. And, they, and he had to drag the cross. And he got up on the cross. And then he died. And Hollister's eyes, his big old brown eyes at five, started welling up with tears, and then he starts saying, they killed Jesus, they killed Jesus, oh my goodness. And I'm like, oh no, I've done a bad thing. I've scarred him. And so I turned it off, and I held him, and I was like, it's okay, uh, it's okay. And I'm like, uh, no, he's not calming down. Like, he is freaking out. And I'm like, see, there's really mean people in the world. <laughs> See, people don't, not everybody loves Jesus. And see what they did? They went that far. They killed him. And it was not helping. And I called Roger and I said, I think I broke our son. Um, I'm going to need some help. I don't know what to do. I, I've done all. And he's like, did you even tell him about the resurrection? Like, did you, did you let him watch the rest I was like, no, <laughs> I, I turned it off before that point. Oh my goodness, the best story ever. <laughs> so I went back over to him and I let him know that Jesus Christ actually lives. He has no owies anywhere. There's no bleeding. And the people, actually there was people on the crucifixion day that came to the Lord just by watching him sacrifice himself for all of us. And he was like, he's alive? Wait, what? And that part is where I wasn't that gentle. I was just showing him like blood and guts and all the things and, you know, the flesh torn. And I forgot to show him the most gentle thing ever, Jesus coming back. 
hello, that's the whole gospel story right there. <laughs> yeah, so in that moment, I wasn't that gentle, okay? Um, but I do understand what gentleness means. And it takes trials and it takes practice. And how many of you struggle with like toning down a little bit after you're like up here, you've been in traffic, you've been doing all these things and you've been working and you come home and you're like, no, right? And you just, you're there, you're already there. You, yeah, you're not very gentle. <laughs> um, with our first babies, we, we took extra measures, right? Most of you moms might now know, I think this generation is a little bit easier going, my generation, we brought backup diaper bags to the backup diaper bag. We brought everything in the kitchen sink just to make sure, oh my goodness, in case this happens, and what if he has a blowout, and then what if this happens, and, and then uh, it's going to go up to his hair, and so I'll need some shampoo, and then I'll, I'll need a little bath. I need a bath. I, that's what I need. And then when I go to the park, there can't be any bugs, so I might need a I need a bug net and I'm going to need an extra wide stroller because I'm going to put all these things on it so that I'm not carrying it. Are you kidding me? I think this generation has calmed down just a teeny bit. Maybe you've learned from all of us. <laughs> but I remember just having whatever. Uh, someone was like, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh, you, I have like, I'll make you something. I'm like, I got it all. All the ingredients are right here. <laughs> I just had everything. <laughs> I remember it took hours to get out the door. It took hours. I was like, do I have, you know, the little thing that for newborns, and I would extra do the little thing, you know, in the car seat where they couldn't move, and he would just be all stiff. So when we took those turns, he, you know, his head wasn't going to fall off or whatever they told us. <laughs> but Paul in the Philippians is saying, be gentle. Let it be evident, right? Not, you don't have to go to that extreme. You don't have to have backup plan on the backup plan on the backup plan. Sometimes you're learning gentleness through all of that. That's just being a control freak. <laughs> all should see that you have gentleness. All should witness it. He's saying, let it be evident. Let there be evidence of your gentleness. He's saying, practice. You practice doing what you want to do, right? You want it to be like a muscle memory. Like when somebody does something, your first response, your first reaction should be gentle. He's saying let everybody see it. Because he's not saying let half of them, he's saying all. This is Paul talking right in the middle of his stress. Maybe you need to recognize a tone that you have or maybe a physical response that you have instead of gentleness. Pray that your hands are gentle. Put them away. Put your hands away while you talk to that crazy teenager. And say, I let my voice come out gentle. <gasps> my hands just be stuck in my pockets, right? <laughs> maybe you're a little intolerant with people. It could be people right on the road, right? Driving. Um, I was just in California for a week. There's a lot of intolerant drivers. They're very, very sweet, though probably in person. Um, practice being gentle. I am a Californian. I just want to put that out there for all of you Californians that try and hide it. I already know you. I identify you right when you walk in the door. I get you. <laughs> right? Um, find gentle people to copy. Find them. Like rub shoulders with gentle people. Have you ever been around a gentle person? It does rub off. You're like, wow. Ooh, 
they get their tone across really well. And people know, like, they mean business, but they did it, like, way down here at the tone, right? And it's really soft. How'd they do that? Yeah, that was not, that was not how I was taught. <laughs> so unteach that, that thing, right? Practice. It's not too late. It's not too late to be gentle in all that you do, in all of your relationships, whether it be friendships, you know, any of your children, um, whether it be your husband or wife, it's not too late to start being gentle. They're going to be like, what happened to you? The Lord, the Lord, the Lord is helping me. Paul continues to write, do not be anxious about anything. So much easier to say, so much easier to write down than actually do it, especially in where we are, the climate that we're in right now, where our world is doing so much stuff. It's not even just our world. Literally, our country is saying and doing and causing disruption and division. And I'm saying right here in the word that's been founded a long time ago, Paul is actually writing to a church just like you. And he's saying, do not be anxious about anything. How do you do that? When people cause anxiety, People are all around. Maybe you've become a hermit since 2020, and I'm saying get out. Get out of there. Don't be a hermit. Maybe family is giving you anxiety, right? Finances. Finances can raise that anxious bar pretty high. What about passwords? <laughs> I have like over 10. Oh, I don't know about you, but it's always in the time when someone's like, oh, um, if you just sign into this real quick and you're standing there and you're like, I have no idea. When did I ever sign up for this? I don't even know what my password is. Oh, it's to the email that I don't even receive anything in that I can't even get into because I don't know that password. <sighs> this happens with my bank app literally all the time. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I just need to go down to the bank. Anyways, it's a whole problem and it keeps happening. <laughs> Um, traffic, traffic gives me anxiety. How about you? Yeah. Yep. I was just with my mom and she was driving in California and everybody speeds to the stop signs. It drives me crazy. I'm like, why are you cutting us off? There is a stop. Like I could see it from here and they're just, you know, and then they have to, I'm like, what, 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 what was that? Gentleness, gentleness, right? Public speaking. Has any of you tried that? Public speaking, yeah. <laughs> Make you real anxious, Sweat, sweaty palms. <laughs> um, mom guilt. Oh, my goodness. This is a for real one. It's intense. It carries through years and years and years. And sometimes we speak from that mom guilt, and that's not healthy. Sometimes we're doing things out of mom guilt. That's not healthy. What about dishes? I just raised all of your anxiety levels. You're like, oh, my dishes are at home right now. It's okay. One day someone will come by and they will do your dishes for you and it will not be me, but it will be somebody. It, oh, maybe a robot. That's what I'm hoping on when they say AI is taking. I'm like, do they do dishes? Because that's what I want. <laughs> I will have one if they do dishes. Um, don't convince yourself it is worse than it actually is. This is where we can sit for a second. Because if you're convincing yourself, you're definitely convincing others around you. 
that the world is going to hell in a handbasket and that um, the president this and the president that and our governor this and our mayor this and all the leaders, oh my goodness. And right there, we're convincing ourselves that it's actually worse than it actually is. We forget who is actually in charge and who's winning and who will win at the very end of all of this. We forget to put all of our eggs in that basket. Instead, we're plucking one egg at a time and putting it in that basket and giving power over here and giving power over there and putting words in their mouths and causing division with this. Don't be convincing that it's worse. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about things. Anxiety is at an all-time high right now. 92% of Americans are dealing with more anxiety than they did last year at this very same time. We know why. We know why. This is not promised to be a trouble-free world or life that you live. It's not promised. But what's promised is that he walks with you in that trouble. And he walks, he's beside you in that and he's teaching you, he's training you, and he's put people like Paul to write in the book of life about how to actually walk this out and be good Christians, good followers of Christ, saying we will not be anxious about anything. Number six, or verse six. But in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. As easy as that sounds, some of you have the worst trouble talking to God. You're like, so I need to get it right. Okay, so if I use biblical terms and I write it down and I'm poetic and I have like everything and the I's dotted and the T's crossed, then I'll present something. No, he knows exactly what you're going through. Don't even try and fool him. (laughs) He knows who you are, how you talk. He knows how you think, dear God. Some of you youth, he knows exactly what you're thinking about. He knows when you're anxious, when you're not. But what he wants you to do is now align with him and start talking to him. Create a time and place. If your child is lost or hurting because there's some label on them and they're carrying that pain, and so are you, mamas, we carry that pain too. Or maybe your child is ill Or maybe your mom is just playing out the worst mom in the world and she's not easy to get along with. And the least of peace comes from that woman. (laughs) Or maybe there's a loss and you've been bound by loss and you don't know how to get out and you've been trying to think positive. You've listened to the podcasts. You've listened to... TED Talks, you've watched TED Talks, you've done the A, B, and C, and it's just not panning out. I'm saying create a time and a place. This is a time and a place with God only. It's just you and him. You are actually alone on judgment day. You actually are the one who's going to now say and confess things on judgment day by yourself not holding anybody's hand. And so I say, create a time and a place so that this space right here becomes where it's like the practice part, right? 
You're practicing just giving it to God, giving all of your worries and all of your anxieties to him. For me, that looks like very early in the morning before anybody gets up. It will probably change for summer because we're all going to sleep in finally Um, because our kids go to school. Hello. Um, And (laughs) we wake up at five. Uh, I get up very early in the morning and I sit on uh, my couch and I don't have any noise probably except for the AC now, right? (laughs) Thank God for that. And I put the dogs out. I don't even make coffee. I don't even try, I don't turn on lights because I don't want to see how dirty the house is. And I, because I'll start cleaning, right? <laughs> I want to do things. And I sit very quietly first because I want to make space for my Savior to talk to me. And if I were to be the person who I am, where I get up and make things and do things, and if I were to be that constantly and kept not spending time with the one who created me, the one who created the mountains and the seas and the sky, that big grand God, if I didn't spend quality time with him, I would be a mess because my father in heaven needs to hear my petitions, needs to hear my cry, needs to hear my requests and only he can take care of it. That's a sacred time and I make sure that it is sacred. I turn on very low worship music Right? I don't want to be interrupted. And then I put my requests before him. When you make no time for something, it becomes unimportant. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the best part. His peace that passes all understanding will come and guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What in the world? So it's like he's putting a hedge around your heart and a hedge around your, your mind. And he's putting his peace that passes all understanding. And we don't have to understand why we, we deserve this peace or what, what this peace is all about. But this is, if you've been around church at any length of time, you've probably heard someone say the peace that passes all understanding. This is where it's at right here. In the message version of that verse, it says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. This is the peace that passes all understanding. Mamas and whoever this lands on this morning, there is a calming that can take over your heart It is meant to bring peaceful reassurance that he is with you. He hears you. He knows your innermost cry. He will guide your hearts and minds in himself. So he's saying, bring it to me. Lay it down. Tell me your worries. Tell me why you have anxiety. Tell me all these things. And I will give you peace. And you're not going to understand that peace. And today, my prayer today is that when you walk out, you feel extra peaceful. And you could go to your Mother's Day brunch or lunch or wherever you're going. And you are representing God through the peace of God. And you're representing your, um, you just having a moment with God where you're, now you're just full of peace. And what comes out of peace? What, what are the words? You're not causing arguments. You're not going, mm-hmm. 
you know, <laughs> face expressions, right? I believe that's the best face lift that you can get is peace. It's going to lift and elevate your face. <laughs> There's a joke there. It's okay. <laughs> uh, maybe you've tried it. Maybe, maybe you've been like, I think positive all the time. I just am going through some junk. In verse 8, he says, finally, brothers and sisters and mothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think on the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not to curse. He said, think on whatever is lovely. Think on whatever is admirable, noble, pure. Think on these things. It's not just to think positive, uh, repeating positive affirmations in the morning. Uh, Go with a positive coach and they'll teach you how to like think positive. Yes, those may work, but those work for a short season. What he's saying is rejoice always. Throw your anxieties to me and think on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. Think different. Don't think about where you're at right now. Don't think on the things that are opposite from pure, right? I know I, I prayed these prayers this weekend. I said, Lord, I I need you to purify my thoughts. I don't want to lean into gossip. And I don't want to lean in to judgment. And I don't want to lean into, you know, nature's side of um, what what women do. Where we talk about each other and we tear each other down. I don't want to lean into that. Purify me. Let me think of pure things about people. Let me think of only what you want me to think of and only what you want me to say. That's a hard one because you begin to love people at a different, like you just start seeing people for who they are. And it's, it's a little different. Ask for God's heart in that. Think on praiseworthy things. Present your requests to him. Rejoice always. Peace is bound to happen. How many of you want peace today? Yes, peace that passes all understanding where people are like, what in the world did you get a hold of? What are you drinking? What are you smoking? And you're like, huh? Fun thing is, I'm not doing any of that. I'm actually talking to God. And I'm telling him what my needs are. All right, Ben, you can come up. In verse 9, it says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Mamas, in your ever-changing seasons, the tired season of constant newness. He's not forgetting you. He is giving you moments through your tired days to live out your calling while he is strong beside you. His real purpose is to sustain long-term peace in your life, peace that brings joy, forgiveness, patience, and strength. He has not forgotten you. 
Even the ones who desire motherhood, he is asking you to think different, think on good things and not sit in anxiousness. Rejoice always. He has you. He knows the desires of your heart. He wants you to think on excellent things and praiseworthy things. He's here for you and he wants to bless you. And we just need to think on pure things, positive things, good things. If all of you can just stand up with me. If there's a mom that you are near or if you think of a a mom across the room, I just want you to get near them and however you can touch them, we're gonna pray something over them real quick. Father, you see all of your daughters that you have gifted with motherhood. And I just pray that the peace that passes understanding falls in this room on them today. God, let their gentleness come out. God, I just pray that they can bring their requests to you, that they feel like they are open-hearted and that they can receive your peace, Lord. Be with them, encourage them, God. We just thank you, Father, for what you're already doing in and through them. Lord, thank you for the gifts of motherhood. God, we just ask that you bless each and every one of them. Thank you, Lord. We just ask your Holy Spirit go with them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.